This is season number four. It marks several significant improvements and changes. First is the podcast title clarification. We are now renaming the podcast Open Forum in the Villages, Florida, to make clear that this is a regional show. The show is not sponsored by the Villages. Second is a dramatic increase in the use of AI for the show. These include transcripts of each show. Please understand that there will be errors inserted by the AI that may not be caught before the transcript is published, however, this is a dramatic step forward. We will now include chapter markers for each show. The show's title will be one of the five titles generated by the AI. The show description will be AI-generated. In fact, the show's announcers are now all AI voices, including me. Hope you enjoy. Welcome to the Open Forum in the Villages Florida podcast. In this show we are going to talk to leaders in the community, leaders of clubs and interesting folks who live here in the villages, to give perspectives of what is happening here in the villages. We hope to add a new episode most Fridays at 9 a.m. We have converted all of our shows to Buzzsprout. Of course, you can still listen to Apple Podcast, Amazon Music and about 20 other podcast platforms. Your favorite podcast player will still work. We are now a listener-supported podcast. You can become a supporter for only $3 or you can choose to pay more per month. Go to openforminthevillages.com and click on support in the black box. There will be a shout-out for supporters in episodes. This is a shout-out to supporters, Tweet Coleman, Dan Capellan, Ed Williams, Alvin Stenzel, and major supporter Dr. Craig Curtis at K2 in the Villages. We will be hearing more from Dr. Curtis with short Alzheimer's tips each week. This is Mike Roth and Norma Robinson. Norma, thanks for joining us. Oh, thank you for asking. Before we get into talking about what you're doing here in the Villages, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about what you did before you moved to the villages. Before I moved here, I went to college in Cheney, Pennsylvania. Uh, that's a suburb right outside of Philadelphia. Oh, okay. Most people don't know Cheney. Yeah. Me included. Yeah. But uh, our sister school was uh, Westchester State College. So most people know where that is in Westchester, what? Pennsylvania. Oh, Westchester is in New York. That's true. That's true. (laughs) But I majored in biochem. My intent was to be a doctor. And then three quarters of the way, I decided that that was a little bit too much more studying. So I decided to just continue on with the courses and graduate with the degree and make sure that I had at least something behind me. But it was in secondary education, too. So I did secondary ed. And then I had an opportunity to get a master's degree in special education, which I did from Temple University in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Well, that one I've heard of. Okay. (laughs) And I got the master's degree, and at that time, I... I came from a history of teachers, so it was natural that you were going to fall right into that. I didn't want to teach, but I fell into it because the lady where I did my practicum, she said she was leaving and I would fill fill her shoes really well. So I did that, and after a couple of years, I said, this isn't me, and I I resigned Mm -hmm. and didn't tell my mother because at that time, you just didn't say that you quit a job. Mm Mm-hmm. 
and went to every morning I'd go out to a different headhunter. Mm-hmm. And one of the headhunters said to me, have you thought about sales? And I said, no, but it's a good time to think about it because my mother thinks I'm working and I'm not and I got to get something. So I went into sales with Xerox and they were one of the best trainers ever. Mm-hmm. So I did Xerox for about three or four years, did well in sales. So did they send you out to their training center in McLean, Virginia? Yeah, it's in it's in Virginia. I forget exactly where, but you're right. And that's a, the best training ever for a salesperson. Mm-hmm. So I went there, and then about three or four years into it, Xerox had a promotion. And the promotion was give copiers this. It was the first time that the color copier mm-hmm. came out, 3100. And you put it in offices, whether or not they wanted a copier or not, hoping that they would stick. Two years in a row, I put a copier into a gentleman's office. He was starting his headhunter business, and I felt sorry for him. So he, I said, make all the copies that you can. And the third year, Xerox came to me and said, don't put a copier in that guy's office because <laughs> he's not buying anything. He came to me that year, and he said, I have a fantastic company for you to look into, and the name of it is Ampstar. Well, I don't know Ampstar from a hole in the ground. Um, it's Domino Sugar. So I said, you want me to sell five-pound bags of sugar? He said, no, I want you to do rail cars and tankers. I said, what's a rail car? What's a tanker? And then he finally said to me, New York. And I said, I'm your woman. That's it. That's, I was living in Ambler, Pennsylvania, right. another suburb of Philadelphia. And this job would force you to move to Manhattan. No. no? Uh, I, the, the territory was 13 states in Canada. Mm-hmm. So I traveled and had a company car and a nice expense account. And I was excited about the, the headquarters was in New York. So let's say every two weeks I would go in. Mm-hmm. And then just travel the territory. From there, I said, well, this isn't enough. Let, let's look and see what the United States has to offer. Mm-hmm. And I did the United States with another company uh, in sales. And this was my forte. And I just truly enjoyed my career. What were you selling there? I sold rail cars and tankers of cocoa powder. And to Nabisco and Keebler and Kellogg and everybody that would buy cocoa powder. Mm-hmm. In the United States, I traveled. Uh, it was wonderful. My mother made a comment to me about starving. You're going to starve if you go into sales. So I literally sat in my car in Philadelphia, in Center City, mm-hmm. and the idea was to check off park, uh, starving and not starving. Mm-hmm. Everybody that passed me by, now the the premise might have been wrong, but you had to have an attache case and wear a suit. Mm-hmm. That to me was sales. And I had a column, starving and not starving. And I said, nobody looked like they were starving, even if they were. So I brought the report back home to my mother and I said, this is for me. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do this. Okay. So how many years were you in sales? Total of uh, 46 years, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 46 years in sales. And I tell people, you are a salesperson every day of your life. Every step you take, you are a salesperson. Right. What it takes is you have to listen to people and listen to what they want, not what you want to give them, but mm. what they want. Mm-hmm. And you will be, you're, everybody is a salesperson every day of their life. Right, right. I was a salesperson too, and I got promoted many times. Mm-hmm. When I had my own company in California, and Reagan had his... Uh, 
turned the Star Wars program, and then they turned it off. Mm -hmm. Our company was busy going bankrupt, and I got involved with David Sandler and the Sandler training program. And for twenty last 25 years, I ran a Sandler franchise in uh, Cincinnati. Oh, okay. 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 And taught all kinds of people sales, all kinds of strange occupations, from undertakers to, to <laughs> politicians. <laughs> And there were quite quite a few similarities. But I like to put into every one of my shows, Norma, a little joke for my grandson, Evan. So, Norma, here's a question for you. What did the policeman say to his hungry stomach? Hmm. What did the policeman say to his hungry stomach? I can't imagine. Freeze. You're under a vest. <laughs> Good. Okay. Norma, here in, here in the villages, uh, I guess I met you when you came to the Improvisational Theater Club. That's correct. Okay. Why did you come to Improvisational Theater after being in, in sales? We actually wandered in the recreation center, <laughs> and I saw a group of people going in there, and I, they said, well, this is improv. Oh, really? This is something that I've always wanted to do. I think when I came out of the, when I came out of the womb, my mother said the expression on my face was to the doctor. I dare you to hit me. <laughs> I was born in an elevator, came out crying, and she said, your facial expression said it all. And he said, I'm I'm not going to touch her. I'm not going to touch her. <laughs> so I knew that the facial expressions were there for me. Mm -hmm. And let me tell our audience, they can't see you, but Norma is one of our best, if not the best, on facial expressions. Thank you. You'll see her picture on the improv website. Thank you. But I knew that comedy, you have to laugh. You have to laugh. Regardless of your circumstances, regardless of what happens, a chuckle is always good for you internally. And then when people hear you chuckle, they'll laugh. Gets infectious, doesn't it? It's infectious. It really is. I was in the Miss Philadelphia pageant in 1972 and was a semi-finalist in that venture. And one of the things was while we were rehearsing, I made the judges laugh. Mm -hmm. Can't take this too seriously. I knew I was going to get, I might not win, but if I did win, I'd still make you laugh. But I did get a wardrobe once a month from John Wanamaker's in Philadelphia. Oh. Once a month, we could go there and shop because I was a semi-finalist, but I did make them laugh and I've always wanted to make people laugh. Okay. You do a great job of it at improv. Thank you. This is Mike Roth and Dr. Kirk. Greg Curtis, we're talking about Alzheimer's disease. Dr. Curtis, how important is it for people to keep their brain sharp? It's extremely important. So we all lose a little bit of our cognitive abilities as we age. Mm -hmm. Everyone's brain starts shrinking in our 50s. However, we can still maintain good cognitive health into old age by making a few good daily choices, including keeping your brain active, Crossword puzzles, Sudoku, just getting out and socializing is good for the brain. Good. With over 20 years of experience studying brain health, Dr. Curtis's goal is to educate the village's community on how to live a longer, healthier life. To learn more, visit his website, craigcurtismd.com or call 352-500-5252 to attend a free seminar. Norma, in when I was working with David Sandler, he always used to say, sales is a Broadway play performed by a psychiatrist. Mm. And he would follow up by saying everyone should take acting classes and improv classes. Well, as I was busy running a business and then delivering the training that I sold and working with my clients, I didn't have time. So when I got down here to the villages, I immediately enrolled in five acting classes and the only improv club I could find in the villages and discovered that I hated learning lines and 
improv was a lot easier. And I want to thank you for joining the Improv Club. The Improv Club is open to anyone who wants to have fun. For those people who are highly inhibited and want to be audience members, we allow up to 20 people per session to sit in the back as an audience member. But we always invite the audience members up to participate. We have fun. We laugh. And at the end of two hours, everyone's had a good time. We meet the first four Mondays of the month at Rohan from 6.30 to 8.20. And afterwards, we go out and have a couple of uh, adult beverages or, or food over at Pisano. So it's kind of a social club as well, I think. And that's really helped. I would encourage people to come out and do just that. Participate if you like. And if you don't, sit back and enjoy and laugh. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things that you get to be the personality that you would like to be Mm -hmm. temporarily and just express yourself. Because improv like you, I didn't want to memorize a script. I wanted to come in and just be Mm -hmm. and just react to the moment. And that gives you the chance to do just that. Right. Is react to the moment, support the person that you're your partner, and just be whatever it is in your personality that you want, and say what you want as long as it's in good taste. Right, right. My first outside sales job was with the Burroughs Corporation, and they gave me a script uh-huh. to sell a mechanical or electric editing machine. Mm-hmm. We were supposed to memorize it. In fact, they tested us on it. I memorized it, but didn't use it. <laughs> and I discovered I was outselling almost everyone else in the branch. So, scripts weren't for me. No, scripts are not for me either. (laughs) Okay. Norma, what's the part of improv that you enjoy the most? The part that I enjoy the most is getting to work with other amateur people that are funnier than me Mm -hmm. because I learn from them. Mm. And that's the important thing for me is to walk away and learn something that evening. Mm-hmm. There was a member of our club who passed away, and his advice to me every time he came was keep him laughing. Just keep him laughing. Was that David Wiley? That was David Wiley, right. and I never forgot that. And I always keep him in the back of my mind. And if I don't have a laugh right away, then I'll have a facial expression that'll make you laugh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So in improv, the, the laughter can come from the actual words that the actors or actresses say, but it also comes from the physicality, and that includes facial expressions. In fact, my favorite exercise in it we have exercises and games every monday (laughs) and the games are fun but we the newest exercise that we're going to be adding is walking and talking in in this exercise players are not allowed to speak unless they're physically moving this will prevent the talking head syndrome correct it does But it also allows the actors to think and come up with uh, unusual things. The In improv, we, especially for newcomers, we like to emphasize the three foundational rules of improv. First one is, say the first say thing. Say the first thing that comes to your mind. Right. And the second one is? Support your partner. Okay. And, and by that. Say, you say yes and. Right. Accept all offers. Accept all offers. Yes. And the third rule is always make your scene partner look good. Mm-hmm. Don't ask them a question which is going to put them on the spot. Instead, use statements. Instead, use partial sentences. But avoid questions because that will put your scene partner into a difficult position. And then when they answer your question, they may throw you hardball or screwball back that you're not ready to handle. So we try to stay in the moment and stay in the same scene. Uh, and there are hundreds of scene types that we that we work with. Norma, some people, and we talked about David Wiley, he came to improv 
using a walker. But he wasn't the only one that came in a walker. We had a, another player, and we had we have a brought a show at least two shows a year in one of the auditoriums, Rohan or Zale or Everglades, and we had a show where. Both of the players in walkers were on stage. <laughs> mm-hmm. It forced me to learn how to work the key-operated elevator to get them on the stage <laughs> and off the stage as well. Yeah, right. But we like to have fun. Yeah. We- mm-hmm. And you also learn that the world does not revolve around you. Mm-hmm. You happen to be a piece of it and can contribute, but it doesn't revolve around you. That's the one thing I loved about traveling, too. And that's the one thing that I learned about improv. And like you said, with David being in a, a, a walker, a wheelchair, it didn't revolve around him being in a wheelchair, and he never made it so. Mm-hmm. And I knew that it didn't revolve around me as well. We could learn from each other regardless of the circumstance. Right, right. And and David was always the first to volunteer. If I said, I need two oh, gosh, volunteers, yes. raise your hands. And David's hand was, was up even before I finished the words. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he liked to get into the scenes and take easy roles and difficult roles. Norma, what, what is your favorite improv scene that you've been in? My favorite improv scene is good, bad, and ugly. This is where you take three actors and... Uh, situation or a hypothetical situation from the audience. Let's say how to handle your girlfriend. Right. We ask for advice from the audience. Right. Okay. And each of the actors are assigned. One gives good advice on how to handle the problem. One gives bad advice and the other one gives ugly advice. This is my favorite because I find myself people, oh, well, you need to pamper her. You need to do this, do that. That's the good advice. Then get rid of her. That's the bad advice. And then somebody has even worse advice than that. Ugly, ugly advice. advice. And that, that just turns out to be a very funny piece. And that's my favorite one. Yep. The fav- my favorite version of that happened that the, the improv club does performances for other social clubs as the entertainment for the month. And a woman in the audience in that scene said as something she wanted advice about, should I get a Brazilian? <laughs> yeah. Okay. That was terribly funny. <laughs> and the good advice was make sure he's young. <laughs> and probably from Argent, uh, Brazil. Brazil. <laughs> and yeah, it, 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 it got funnier from there. We can't go into the rest of the details. Mm-hmm. My favorite scene that, that we've developed is a, a six, five or six player scene called the customer service department, oh. where we take from the audience a product or a service that they need help on. And then one of our players takes the part of the person calling in, and we have six players that the person gets transferred to, and it gets terribly funny. This is so real, and it just becomes funnier as you go down the line. All of us have called, let's say, the cable company or this or that to try and straighten out an issue. And you you get to a point where how many people am I going to talk to before this issue is solved? Right, right. And, <laughs> and so the second person gets on the phone. I'm not going to go through what everyone said. Mm-hmm. And, and and he says, you know, thank, thank you for calling Macy's. <laughs> Dial one for English, press two for Spanish, press three for American Sign Language. <laughs> <laughs> This is true. Um, it is a funny, that is a funny scene. It's a funny bit. It's a funny bit. And everyone who does it has fun. Mm-hmm. We, we like to follow the, the scene types that you, you might see on Whose Line Is It Anyway? And if you're familiar with that show, you probably have some knowledge of the outline of what we're going to do in a number of scenes. 
But you never know. Each time you do the same scene, you get a different response from the audience. That goes into the scene, and we get a blended new scene, which usually is funnier than the last time mm. we did it. <laughs> Doma, has anything ever happened in improv that got you embarrassed? <laughs> Not particularly embarrassed, just, yeah, I would say that. I did a scene where you had to take on another personality, and I took on the personality of a baby, and I got down on the floor like a baby, a spoiled baby, and the parents were going to leave to go somewhere, and I didn't want them to go. And I, no, don't go, don't go, please don't go. And the next thing was I found myself, I couldn't get up. <laughs> and everybody thought, oh, gosh, this scene is fantastic. It's like she's doing, I said, no, I really can't get up. <laughs> and then the guys came over and helped me up out off the floor. But uh, I think that's the last time I got on the floor to do a scene. But that that's where it was true. I really couldn't get up. Yeah. One of the other clubs that we did, we did the uh, customer service scene. And the person in the audience said, you have a vacuum cleaner that you want to return. And uh, Larry Rockin, who was playing the part of the customer, he said he gets on the phone to the first customer service agent and he says, I got a vacuum cleaner that won't suck. <laughs> and it Again, got- it gives you the opportunity to say what you what's on your mind and the punchline or the tagline is really funny. Right. And that scene got funnier and funnier and funnier. Mm-hmm. Uh, it also got more R-rated, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if you listen listen to it carefully, it was a perfectly PG-rated scene. <laughs> it was the audience's minds that went crazy, and that's why it was funny. The Improv Club, again, meets the first four Mondays of the month at Rohan, 6.30 to 8.20. Uh, Norma, is there anything else you would like to uh, tell our listeners about improv? We got a great director. Got a great. Well, we, got we, a, we have more than one director. More than one director, but the both are great. And then either the the uh, actors can certainly come in and offer their advice, and the director takes into play what their comments are. So you'll be respected, you'll be laughed at, you'll be funny, and we've got great leadership. Let's put it that way. Yeah, and we're always looking for new players both inexperienced novices and people who've had improv experience. Mm -hmm. Uh, They all fit in. Our next public show is on November 7th. I believe that's going to be at Isale. Mm. Might be wrong about that, but you'll have to check the club website, which is thevillagesimprov.com. Thevillagesimprov.com. We're listed in the recreational news as either improvisational theater or the Villages Improv Club. Anything else you want to say in closing? That's it. In closing, I thank you for, like I said, I thank the leadership and them paying attention to what we need, what they need, and keeping the audience and everybody laughing. It's all about having fun and relaxing. Hopefully, we'll see you at a improv meeting. Thank you, Mike. Thank you for being with us, Norma. Remember, our next episode will be released next Friday at 9 a.m. Should you want to become a major supporter of the show or have questions, please contact us at mike at rothvoice.com. If you know someone who should be on the show, contact us at mike at rothvoice.com. We thank everyone for listening to the show. The content of the show is copyrighted by Rothvoice 2023. All rights reserved.